You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Played up the far wall, rolling puck, picked up by the rain, left side with Lee, tries to step to the middle, work free for Doty, in front they score! Samuel Hellenius, first AHL goal, and with 7-11 to play in the Another edition of the Rain Check Podcast, Jared Schaffron alongside Josh Schaefer as we get set for the final few weeks of the season and leading in to the Caller Cup playoffs. We've already talked Ontario Rain clinching a spot, but after an excellent week of hockey from the Rain in which they defeated San Diego three consecutive times, the Rain now can go no lower than second place in the Pacific, which is really where they've been all season long. It's basically a long way of saying the rain are continuing on the path that they've been on this entire season, which is they've been one of the top two teams in the division. Yeah. And it was, it was a good weekend. And and I think that these last really, you know, 12 days or so, I think has actually been a really big turning point in the season for the rain because they've started to show that well, they've, first of all, they've started to get some guys back kind of lineup to have a little bit more of a consistent lineup. But at the same time, um, it has showed them while still being relatively shorthanded compared to where they were in say January and February, they are back to playing pretty consistent hockey, especially over the last five or six games ever since as Christian Willannon put it to us the other night, ever since they got their butts kicked by Colorado, they've been back to being pretty darn good and pretty consistent as well. So I think that these three games against San Diego really showed the progression of the team over the last 12, ga- 12 days. Um, and it was three big wins to close out the season series against the goals. I'll recap a few of them. The, the first game on Wednesday was the Martin Firk show. Uh, he had his second hat trick of the year. He just keeps on going. Uh, you know, we talked with him after the game and he had a few games in a row where he just seemed off. Not that he was injured, not that he wasn't giving it his all, but he just seemed a little frustrated. Things weren't clicking for him. So it was nice to see him come out of that. Uh, obviously, the third goal was was an empty net goal, but you know it was the first in really all three games where the rain defensively seemed to really take it to the next level. They, they didn't allow too, too many chances for San Diego, and it was a, a pretty clean win for Matt Villalta, just one goal allowed. Yeah, and, and not only was it just a, a, a clean game or, or probably one of the better defensive games of these last three or the last five even, but I thought it was one of the best defensive games of the season for the rain. Um, it was a game where they went over, they went six for six on the on the penalty kill. Of course, I guess it kind of comes with an asterisk because they were shorthanded one of those power plays for a grand total of three seconds um, because they got a power play and then immediately off the faceoff took a penalty of their own. So they were six for six defensively and kind of, you know, logically they were five for five, but still really good. And they didn't really give up any chances, anything too serious for San Diego in a building where they have struggled this season. And they came out and won two of three games this week. And that Wednesday one was the first one. They were blocking shots. They were taking away passing lanes. Um, Matt Vallalta had a really nice game. Um, so I think that that was one of the better defensive games of the season for the rain. Um, and then, like you said about FERC, you know, he did seem off for a few games. It seemed like it was kind of him just getting back into the lineup after missing a few. Um, But at the same time, although he had gone three games without a goal, what Chris Height said after the hat trick game on Wednesday was 
FERC had to do a lot of other things away from the puck when he wasn't scoring to get his game kind of back to where he wanted it to, to be, including, you know, establishing more of a 200 foot game by winning board battles, by being a little bit more physical. Uh, and I think that that's what FERC did in some of those games where he wasn't scoring. And then I think ultimately it culminated in this hat trick game for him to really set the tone for that three game series that week. The rain came home on Friday for the second game of the series. And Chasha, you know, I really, I knew that the rain didn't have a game all season long where they had shut out their opponent. And, you know, you're always kind of thinking in your mind when we're calling these games, when you're watching them, whether we've, you know, been on home or on the road, if, if it goes into the second period, if it goes into the maybe the third period with the rain not allowing a goal, I'm thinking, man, maybe this could be the first shutout that, that this team has. And I kind of stopped hoping. Uh, I didn't think I didn't think it was going to happen. I was like, you know what? This is a year where the team's been an elite top offense in the league. They're not going to be shutting out people. That's just not their game. And that's OK. And they're still going to win a lot of games and it's fine. And then on Friday. David Hrenick makes his professional debut. So the least likely of a time when you think there's going to be a shutout coming, when you have a goalie who's never even played a pro game, let alone an AHL game. And again, we'd kind of gone over uh, David Hrenick, his stats and his, his experience is such that he's a, a great prospect for this Kings team. He's been in college for five years at St. Cloud state. He's played in some big games, but, Never would have expected something like what we saw on Friday, which, again, great defensive performance, but, you know, a, a flawless night from a goaltender that had never even played for this team before. It was something pretty special to watch. It was his rain, AHL, pro debut, all of the above. It was also his first game in almost a month and a half. Um, you know, we had talked about him before on, the, on this podcast, like you had said. Um, he's the winningest goaltender in St. Cloud State history. Um, and I think that that's saying something, you know, it, it's a, it's a good program. They've been really good. There's been some Kings prospects that are Kings products, um, Kings players that are St. Cloud state products over the last couple of years. And, and Hrenick now is, is, you know, the most recent one to come um, from that Husky program, but as good as he had been in his career and as good as he was this last season came down with an illness was not available for the start of the NCAA tournament for St. Cloud state. And they lost in a regional in the first round. And, you know, it was disappointing for him. Um, he came down with an illness. You'll hear in an interview in a little bit, he said that it was going to be a while until he was going to be 100%. But he went out there. It was his first game. He's been backing up for a few games now. And he took his opportunity and ran with it. Uh, he was really good. And um, we had talked about the Wednesday game. I thought Friday game, Friday's game defensively, excluding David Rennick, was another one of Ontario's best defensive games of the season, obviously. but a few of the chances that San Diego got were actually pretty good. And, and with about, with about 25 to 35 seconds left in the game, um, David Rennick had to make a couple of big saves uh, to preserve the shutout, um, to hold on to that. What was at the time a two or three, nothing lead. Um, and then ultimately get the shutout and you saw what it meant to him. Um, you'll hear what it meant to him. And also, I mean, you just saw the way that the guys reacted to that horn going off at the end of regulation and everyone kind of swarming him in front of the rain net. But it's, and it's a team achievement. You know, again, the fact that it happens to be his first appearance is amazing for him, but it is a team achievement. You don't have a shutout without the entire team playing a, a defensive first 
kind of an effort. And that's exactly what the rain did. But, you know, you mentioned after the game, <laughs> the way that his disposition is, the way that Rennick is so thankful and so appreciative of the opportunity, but also just to be welcomed in the locker room the way he was. I keep asking myself, like, why am I so lucky to, first overall, how, like, coming here, obviously, I didn't really know a lot of guys and uh, all the guys, how they, like, just made me feel so comfortable here. And then it goes to coaching staff, how they made me feel uh, comfortable, how they helped me to even get ready because I didn't come in, like, best shape after that uh, illness that I had. And then it goes, like, on the ice, look at the guys, how, how they played in front of me today. It's That's unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm so thankful for that because they... They were blocking shots. They were uh, winning puck battles. Like every every like those little things. Uh, it was just unbelievable to see how they played in front of me, and it means so much to me. So yeah, I don't know how, why am I so lucky with that, but I'm really thankful for that for sure. I think that's another example of all season, no matter what the situation's been, whether it's been a, a forward, defenseman, goaltender that walks into the locker room. This tight-knit group of players has found a way to make everyone feel not only comfortable and at home, but empowered. Like, no, you're part of this team. You you can do this. I mean, we saw it with John Letheman when when Letheman joined the, the locker room and was counted on for a couple of pretty big starts. The group rallied around him, and they wanted to do something special for John Letheman's AHL debut, and they won that game in Tucson after coming off a night before where they played Pretty pretty terrible. Uh, they, they had one of their worst games of the season, but they come back the next day with a new goaltender who had never played before, and they and they make sure they get a win. And I think that's been one of the trademarks of this team is being so welcoming that they that they take it upon themselves to try to have it be a, a special night for a guy like that. Yeah, and that's what David said, and then that's what Nelson Noget said the other day. He had a huge game um, last week against San Diego, and he said that after the game. And Taylor Ward said the same thing, and we talked about Taylor Ward last week. It seems like it's it's a new player every couple weeks, and it's somebody who steps up and, and has a big game. And whenever we ask them how they're fitting in, that's the response they give is everybody's just so welcoming. And um, and, and and David Rennick is somebody that's very, very easy to root for. Um, I walked into it was morning skate the other day before his debut, and I just walked into the training room. And before I said a word, he was smiling and beaming just because I had walked into the room to say good morning. And and he's like that with everyone, and um, that's really cool. Um, and he had just kept saying how excited he was for the game, and sure enough, he goes out there and and he shuts out Ontario's biggest rival in his AHL debut. So um, he's very easy to root for, um, and obviously he just. He's just happy to be here and he's happy to be welcomed. And it ultimately paid off for him probably as, uh, as good as it could have. And there was no letdown the following night on Saturday back in San Diego. The teams had to go back down to Pachanga arena and the rain, they let up the first goal in the game. And you're thinking, man, they're kind of due for a letdown, but the captain Brett Sutter responds 30 seconds later, kind of yanks everybody out of that first five minute slumber and says, not tonight, guys, we, we cannot go backwards here. We got to, we got to find a way to win this game. And then again, cast of characters, everybody stepping up, Samuel Helanius 
scores his first goal in the AHL on a really nice play uh, in front of the San Diego net off a turnover. Uh, Nelson Noget, who ends up being the first star, he scores his first goal as a member of the Reign, and it was a really great slap shot, similar to to Freddie Allard's first goal. <laughs> the two of that, those guys have been so linked. They they came to the team on the same day. They have about the same amount of games played in the AHL. Their first goals have been very similar uh, with a lot of time and space to, to get off a slap shot. Um, and then, you know, an, another insurance marker from Martin Furk and another nice performance from Matt Valalta. So, you know, all, all around, they were able to finish up that week with a feel-good performance and, and finish off that sweep. I mean, you say cast of characters, and this season, especially these last couple of months, have seemed like whatever new Netflix show you're watching, but there's just like a new focal point every episode. There's a new character introduced every episode that comes onto the cast, and you have to try to follow their storyline. And I would hope that you and I are doing a, a decent enough job of <laughs> telling their stories, right? But but at the same time, it's just, I mean, you brought up Freddie Allard, and you think back to, the Stockton game on the road a couple uh, about a week or so ago when they lost in overtime, they scored two, four on four goals, Thomas Hickey, Freddie Allard, two guys that had not been on the team very long, both defensemen. And you fast forward a couple of days or the two, the next game it's Taylor Ward. Who's, who's bringing the team back to life in the third period and tying the game along with Akil Thomas, who, who has had a, a tough season, but a really good month of April as well. Uh, and then this last week, Nojay, Hellenius, David Rennick, all in, against San Diego. So you're implementing all these new guys, and they're all finding spots uh, in the lineup, and they're taking advantage of it, um, and, and it's working out really well. So, again, it's the cast of characters that seems to be constantly changing, but you also have those staples in the lineup, the prospects that have been here all season, and then guys like Ferk and Tynan, and, of course, Brett Sutter, who you mentioned, who has done so many things right this season. Um, it had been a little while since he had scored, um, but this past game uh, against San Diego on Saturday comes up with that big goal just seconds after San Diego took the lead early in the first. And from that point forward, it it really did seem like a different hockey game um, where sure it was tied for a while, it was close for a while, and the team pulled away in the third. But the first four minutes of the game were all San Diego. They take the lead and seconds later, Brett Sutter scores. Suddenly it's 0-0 and the rain started over from there and went on to win the game. The lineup was the same in all three games. And I think that was something we haven't really seen, whether it's been, you know, extra players that the coaching staff have been trying to get in, whether it's just been injuries down the stretch that guys have been hurt and they ha there haven't been the consistency just because players have, have gotten hurt. There's obviously been throughout the season a ton of movement and call-ups. So a lot of times the, the lineup has changed just because of the Kings, whether they needed somebody or they didn't need somebody and they sent somebody back down. But for to have all three games, other than the goaltenders, everybody was the same. Uh, every spot in the lineup, I think that helps when guys can get a little bit more accustomed to what is my role going to be? Who am I playing with? How do we you know get just a little bit more consistent. And that was really nice to see that the coaching staff had the ability to just roll out the same 18 skaters in the same positions and, and see them have success like that. Well, it was like a playoff series, right? Where I, I don't think you'd expect the goaltenders to change probably, you know, one, one and one like that, or I guess, well, Valalta had two, but essentially, you know, Valalta, Hrenik, Valalta, you're probably not going to see that in a playoff series. What you are going to see is a lineup that might remain fairly consistent like that, especially 
in a three-game series against San Diego, which is what the rain could very likely have in the first round. Um, good for the rain, too, um, because it wasn't all three at home, like it could be in the playoffs. It was two on the road with a home game sandwich in between, and uh, the rain did very well. They were very consistent in all three games. You basically got the results um, that you deserved based off the work and the performance that the team had in all three games. And guess what's next? Almost like another, you know, pre-playoff series um, going up to Colorado, which we'll talk about in a bit, because who could the rain meet in the first round? San Diego. All right. Well, you get a practice run here. You win those three games. Who could you meet in the second round? Potentially Colorado. Who knows? So um, it, the, they did a lot of things right in the three-game series. They were very consistent. The penalty kill and power play were outstanding. Uh, power play, you know, picking up where it's left off pretty much all season long. The penalty kill in the midst of one of its best, you know, streaks of the season. And, you know, they went 11 for 11 on the PK against a San Diego team that had been surging on the power play against some good opponents, against a team like Abbotsford on the road that was surging and was up to eighth in the AHL, and the rain shut them down three games in a row. One of the guys who is getting a little more familiar with his role and has been in a consistent position in the lineup is Andre Lee, a guy who just started his professional career, joined the rain last month after his collegiate season ended at the University of Massachusetts Lowell. Uh, they had a NCAA tournament run that unfortunately ended in their first game, but they did qualify for the NCAA tournament. He had three seasons with the River Hawks and a LA Kings draft pick, turned pro, signing a contract that will kick in next year, his entry level deal next year, but for the rest of this season with the rain on an ATO. And Andre was kind enough to join us. So let's kick it over to our conversation. With the native of Karlstad, Sweden, Andre Lee. Joining us this week on the Rain Check, we have forward Andre Lee, who recently joined the Rain after finishing his collegiate season with UMass Lowell. Andre, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, take us through what it was like uh, finishing your season. You guys had a run, uh, both in the Hockey East and then in the NCAAs. You made the NCAAs, but. Uh, probably a quick transition. All of a sudden, one season ends, and and then you're coming here, and, and a lot of new things. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. It was um, a good three years uh, over in, in UMass, and as you said, we made a run at the end. Um, unfortunately, and it didn't go our way against uh, UMass and and hockey's and Denver and in the nationals. But overall, like looking back on the season, I think uh, we we were strong. We we led uh, our division. Uh, in first place, I think, a couple of months. And uh, we did better than everyone expected us to do. Uh, but, yeah, you know, as you play in college, you want to win. You want to win something. So um, that was, uh, yeah, unfortunately. And then, you know, after the season to come over here, I mean, obviously it's really fun. Um, it's um, it's nice because, uh, you know, you get a new team. You you get back on kind of the grind level. I, I grinded back there too, but... Um, you know, you're trying to prove everyone and and uh, be be the best version of yourself every day. So, but yeah, it's fun here. How was being in class? And then you know you have to finish up or you're leaving. Like, are you trying to finish those credits? Is it something you're scrambling? You want to try to make sure you get those credits in the bank? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been there three years now, and I have only have like a couple classes left. So, uh, why not finish a degree? You know, it's always good to have. And uh, and uh, yeah, but. 
yeah, it's a quick transition from being in class and now just having everything online, but um, it works out good. Okay, you said a quick transition from being in class and then and then kind of to, to where you're at now. What's the transition like between the actual style of play between playing in the NCAA and quickly turning around and then playing pro hockey in the AHL? Yeah, um, well, one thing I noticed my first game is that the game is way or more faster and, and physical out there. And uh, I feel I felt like, you know, along the walls, uh, there's more making plays and making sure you get the puck out than than uh, um, there is a college. There's obviously some in college, too, but I think it's another level over here. And uh, yeah, but honestly, like the game, the game is just faster itself, too. I noticed some some guys talk about the structure being a little bit different as well as sometimes in college it's kind of like a track meet and there's less structure but Mm -hmm. maybe when you get into pro teams are more concerned about playing a certain style and I don't know how much the coaches have gone through some of those structure things with you yeah uh, well at UMass actually we had um, like a lot of structure Um, we had a a very different system from from other teams and and also from here Um, so you know, coming here and, and trying to learn this system. And I think it's been going good so far. I'm still learning. and uh, um, But yeah, at UMass, it was a lot more different, like the structure-wise. structure, structure wise. I think uh, I, I think we've, you know, we've talked to a couple of guys on this podcast before who, who would have been in college during the, the weird COVID-shortened season. Um, you know, we had Taylor Ward on recently, but so many of the guys that we talked to were already in pro hockey when, you know, that that huge event came, when everything kind of just stopped, right? I'm curious, from your perspective, being in college and and looking back at now, you know, these last couple weeks in the AHL and then your, your college career, what was that development for you like in the middle of all of that uncertainty of when you were going to play again, how many games you were going to play again in the middle of that, you know, shortened weird season in the middle of COVID? Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was difficult. I mean, uh, we, we made a run that year for, we had a, a really good team, uh, uh, honestly. And, uh, yeah, everything just got shut down. So all the classes went online and I, I went back home to Sweden and then, Back in Sweden, actually, because um, Sweden was different. So Sweden didn't shut down. So they were still playing and they were still training and stuff like that. So I was I was actually able to um, to train off ice and on ice um, during all the during the pandemic, basically, because we didn't have no like no shutdown, no quarantines or stuff like that. Um, so I mean, while it was quarantines and everything was shut down here in us i got the opportunity basically to go back to sweden and uh you know train and and work out and and skate on ice so it worked out pretty good i would say and the following year i think here in usa we played 16 games or something like that so it was fun to still get a season of it but honestly or obviously all the quarantines we went through that year uh was that kind of sucks but it is what it is. When you how, go ahead, Josh. How big of an impact did that play in you maybe rounding out your game a little bit more, being able to do all of those things, and then going to you know King's development camp, and you seemed bigger and even more confident than the first time a lot of people in the organization saw you. Yeah, I mean, um, it played a big a big impact. I got, as you said, I think I got stronger during that time because um, you know there wasn't much to do. It was just you went home, you trained all day, or you trained every day. 
and you went on ice. So I felt like um, I gained a couple pounds and a couple muscles during during that that summer. And then um, when I came out here, yeah, as you said, uh, I was I got a little bigger and uh, I felt good out here too. How tall are you actually? Is the uh, is the measurement right here? I don't know. So I think I'm I, I think I'm six five. Yeah. Uh, but the measurement said like six four and um, I don't know six four and something. But uh, I feel like I'm six five though. Yeah, we got. What do you tell people? What do you tell people? I tell, I tell I tell people six five nowadays. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. My my hair makes me a little <laughs> taller as well. I, I tell people I'm five eleven. We're basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to your college days, what was it like being at you know UMass Lowell? I mean, you're not from this country. Uh, you come here, and UMass Lowell is interesting. You know, for people that might not know, you're in a suburb of Boston, so you can kind of get into Boston if you want, but it's further enough away in Lowell that you know it's it's not in Boston necessarily. What what was that experience like for you? It was fun. Uh, I liked Lowell a lot. Uh, all the guys too was uh, was great, and this friends for life. And uh, but yeah, as you said, it was like a 30 minute ride to Boston. So if you want to go down there, you could. And uh, but you usually go down there like twice a month or something like that to watch hockey, go for food or, or that. I mean, UMass Lowell or like the campus is, is nice itself as well too. And you guys from a Hockey East perspective, the travel's easy too because yeah. you're not going, you know, a lot of schools are in Boston or in New England. There's, you know, maybe some out-of-conference games, but a lot of your conference games are pretty close close by. Exactly, yeah, that's nice to have, to have those. Uh, I think our furthest one was Maine. I never got to go there, but I think it was like, five hours or something away so that's not bad at all when you go back to your junior career you were in sioux falls what was that process like for you to decide that you wanted to play in the ushl and um you know obviously some great memories there you guys want to want a title there but you know going back to trying to decide what's best for your development why was that a, a plan that you chose um i mean it was a uh, thinking back on it now it was a uh, it was a hard hard choice and uh luckily the right one in my perspective i feel like yeah and uh i remember i was home in sweden and i was playing uh, G- uh under 18 with um Ferrista, the shl team and uh, i didn't really get the chance to to play with the the upper or like to to get a chance in the in the a team so um i talked to my advisor a little bit and he had his connection in in here over usa so I went over here to visit, you know, visit Lowell and uh, Boston College, and uh, then we went out to Sioux Falls to see how that that city was, and it was really nice. It was, I felt like it was just so different from Swedish or Swedish junior hockey, um, and then, yeah, the year the year was good. We we got to win win the the championship, and uh, yeah, it was a good choice. Growing up there and, and, and playing hockey there and then coming over to North America and playing here and then obviously playing in college hockey, who are some of the guys that maybe you've, you've already crossed paths with in, in the AHL? I know that in Sweden you had played with, with San Diego goalie Ole Eriksson Ek, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so who are some of those other guys that maybe you, you've already crossed paths with uh, in North America, or or are looking forward to potentially crossing paths with again? Uh, pro- I played uh, against uh, Samuel Samuel Fujimo. 
a lot uh, back in back in Sweden. Um, and then once I went here to to USA to play in the USHL, I played uh, played uh, I think one game against uh, Turcotte and uh, and then I played Madden in college. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a, a really a good group of guys here, and I I like everyone. They take care of me good, so it works out. All right, so we've been talking to a lot of guys uh, who aren't from LA who get a chance to experience some different things now in L.A. that they wouldn't normally do. Uh, and we've asked a lot of guys this question. So have, have you gone to the beach yet? Yeah, yeah. My dad actually, my dad used to live out here. So when I was younger, I came out here um, to visit him. Went to a couple Kings games and uh, obviously went to the beach as well. So it's uh, nothing new to me, but it's, it's, really, it's a nice city and uh, I like to be here. So when you go to the beach, are you a guy who brings a chair, or do you sit on a towel? What's uh, what's your preferred I'm method a, of seating? I'm a chair guy. Chair guy. Uh, usually bring the chair, the football, um, and uh, the boogie board. Yeah, yeah. Any volleyball here in, in yeah. LA? Because I mean, there's nets everywhere. Yeah. You got the height for yeah, it. Yeah, I like volleyball too. Volleyball is fun. How could you not? You're probably yeah. just towering over the exactly. net right there. And then soccer. We play that. Like you know. Sock, keep it up soccer you know just pass it around and that, that's fun yeah are you a, are you a soccer fan do you watch because uh, it seems like a lot of the guys on our team obviously paying attention to the global soccer universe yep. they got all their teams they root for man city is my team uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I keep up with it i watch it um every almost every game they have um you know it's um yeah watch yesterday the champions league game went good so, yeah, that's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, Josh is more into the soccer than me. I, I, I don't yeah. have a team really. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was considering waking up for the four thirty a.m. Manchester United game against Everton last week, and thank goodness I didn't. I would have been very upset when I went back to sleep a few hours later. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been a rough one. But congratulations on on what what might be yet another championship. So good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, real transformation for Man City since uh, in the last ten years. Yeah. They used to not be mm-hmm. much of a team, but uh, yeah. um, we've grown <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, when you, uh, when you now you're here in the states and and obviously starting your your pro career, anything that is in this area that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Is there anything you're looking forward to checking out now that you can kind of spend some more time in this area? Um, yeah, I want to I want to play in NHL. <laughs> well yeah we know that yeah um and um not not really that i can think of maybe maybe go down like santa barbara or mm-hmm. like the, those places down there um to like check it out yeah and, yeah well when you uh when you make it to the show then you can uh there'll be a lot of cities you can visit when exactly. you're on when you're on the circuit there exactly. a lot of a lot of cities yeah um, I, I have a quick question for you, and this is a question that I have not really been able to ask many other people we've had on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jared and I are both college hockey guys. Um, he was Northeastern. I went to Arizona State. I didn't get to ask Taylor Ward this because I don't think he ever went down there. I would love to hear your thoughts on Oceanside Ice Arena in Tempe. I know that you've play, you guys have been down there for a couple games. The, you, you mean the, the old rink? The old one, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it's a gritty rink. 
it's um they we actually played at their home home opener so it was kind of it was it's a lot of people there um and it gets pretty loud because it's so small um but yeah i mean it's a it's a gritty rink and uh i mean i think it fits their game too they play pretty gritty interesting I, i've never really heard uh heard somebody uh who went in there as an opponent and yeah. kind of hear what it's like yeah. so interesting you mentioned your dad used to be around here. Um, any plans for him to get out here to see you? I mean, I'm sure they're pretty excited for you right now. Yeah, my dad is actually, uh, he's working out here, or he's, uh, his boss was out here um, for a week. So I think he's, he left. Yeah, he left yesterday. Okay. So I got to see him a little bit, but he, he had some work to do too. And then uh, I got my mom and stepdad and girlfriend that all came in today. So they're... They're here waiting for me. Oh, so they're here for fan appreciation. Yeah. They're, uh, they're ready to go. This will be a good weekend. I mean, we play San Diego twice, so exactly. uh, not too far of travel. They can see a couple games, exactly. and, and it's the end of the season. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Uh, as we as we move toward playoffs, uh, anything that you're focused on as far as – I know you – obviously, hey, you want to get to the NHL. What are some of the things that you need to maybe improve on to get to the NHL? What, what are some of the things that you're that you're focusing on for your game? Playing hard, um, playing hard lo- along the war- uh, the walls, uh, making making sure you know pucks get out and pucks get in. Uh, I think yeah, that's the m- most important thing for me to work on right now. I feel like, and also um, being strong, strong on my legs down low. You know, being able to push off push off guys and and uh, take the puck to the net. Um, I think those are the two main the two main things that I'm. Um, really working on now after and before practice. You had been in a, a couple of different roles while while at UMass Lowell, and we had asked you this or a similar question uh, after your debut. But um, immediately since jo- once you joined the team, you were out there for some PK situations and power play situations and in different aspects of the game. What role do you think that, that, that you really want to step in and, and kind of immerse yourself into um, now, you know, here early in your pro career and as we wind down the final weeks of the regular season? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to I want to be um, a player who uh, the players can depend on depend on getting pucks out and uh, also depend on in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone you know being able to uh to score goals and uh, and play hard make hits uh so um where i feel like whatever role that the coaches and uh, um everyone thinks fits me fits me the best i'll i'll jump in it and, and do the best i can what's it been like being on a line with Samuel Helanius, I mean, another guy who is really big, plays physical, seems like he's got a good intensity. What's it like to kind of team up with him here? It's good. Um, I became, or I, I, I become uh, very close with him. So uh, we talk before games and also, uh, you know, dotes on the line. And, uh, you know, he talks, uh, he talks, <laughs> he's right outside. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he, uh, you know, gives me feedback after, after every shift and tell me what I could do better and what I could do, uh, what I did good. But, um, as you said, yeah, Sammy, Sammy is a big guy and, uh, we play kind of the same style of hockey. This is, he is a centerman and I think it works good. You got dotes out there. He, he's, you know, you just mentioned, I mean, what's it like to be with him as far as, uh, you know, he's such an intimidating presence for an opposing team, but he has so much experience in pro hockey as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, of course. I mean, he's a he's a great leader. 
um, and uh, he he kind of talked to me the first day I got here too about like what's uh, what what I need to know and um, you know all the rules and stuff like that. And uh, once I once I played my first game with him, it was you know kind of a rough game, um, but it, he told me to just stay focused and and feel loose out there because you're a good hockey player and uh, you know like. You can make plays as well, but when when it's time to get the puck out and stuff like that, it got to go out. We've asked other guys on this on this podcast uh, about kind of the the dynamics of the team and and what the vibe is around the team when you have um, you know a veteran presence with guys like 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 Dotes and and, and Sutter and Gaunts and Tynan, um, and then you also have so many young guys, so many young prospects. But in your position, when you when you join this team so late in the season after just completing a season of your own, how helpful has that been to kind of have other young guys on the team, but also that strong veteran presence? Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, you know, the the veterans have been here a, a long time, and uh, I feel like they have experienced this um, a lot of times. You know, new guys coming into the team late, and uh, um, they're they're really good at what they do and taking them in and making them making the the new guys feel like they're they belong to the team and uh, you know also you have guys that you played with and play against that um you know since before so um yeah it's 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 good yeah and you had development camp recently exactly. and you've known these guys so you know I'm, I'm sure you don't talk all the time when you're at school you're kind of doing your thing but you know you, you come into the room and there's some familiar faces there exactly for you. exactly yeah that helps well final question for me then uh you know you've you've starting to get get to know everything um is there is there anything that you haven't done yet as far as being in LA what uh what intrigues you the most about being a, a resident of Los Angeles here is it trying to go to a a Dodger game are you trying to get to check out the Rams uh or are you trying to go to a restaurant try a food scene anything like that definitely a, a Lakers game um that's one of uh one of the things I want to do um Unluckily, it hasn't gone. Yeah, there. Not like, gonna happen for, this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they're not my team, but um, I like watching. Uh, you know, LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis and and those guys. They're really fun to watch. So I think that would be a, a good experience uh, to do that. Who's well, your you, team? You're a big you're a big basketball guy, right? So who is your team? Big basketball guy, 76ers. Philly. Okay, yeah. That's, uh, is there any reason why? Yeah, my dad's from there, and uh, that's uh, where I used to where I used to go when I was little too. So, um, Sixers fan. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. We've uh, enjoyed having you here, and also watching you play. And uh, we wish you the best of luck here the rest of the season and moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Great conversation with Andre. He's another guy who brings a good personality, positive outlook to this team and has been already a, a contributor, someone who has stuck out, as we said, uh, with Samuel Hellanius, Jacob Doty on the, the fourth line for Ontario. But Josh, the one thing, even though the lineup has been consistent over the last couple of days, there are some reinforcements on the horizon. Alex Turcotte has been skating. Uh, he has a goal of being back before the end of the regular season. Tyler Madden, has started skating. He is a maybe a little bit behind, but also could ramp it up pretty quickly if he feels good. Vladimir Kotiev is another player who has been injured that has been now been skating. Garrett Sparks is a player who has been injured who has now been skating. All of a sudden, there could be some more competition for some roster spots. Uh, obviously, there's 
four games left in the season. This Colorado series uh, could could have some more bumps and bruises as a result. But right now, uh, things are, are looking like this team could be healthy at the right time. Yeah, and right now I think you just want to stay healthy, right? You've clinched a playoff spot. You've clinched home ice in the playoffs. You've clinched second place in the Pacific Division. But there's still more on the horizon, obviously, with the playoffs upcoming. And, of course, with Stockton losing a couple of games this last weekend, it is not completely ruled out that the Reign are only going to finish in second. If they get a little bit more help and they take care of business on their own, they can finish first in the Pacific and not have to play those first three games. You can get that first round by. So I think you're looking forward to that, the possibility of that, trying to get that. But at the same time, you want to stay healthy. And it definitely helps that you are going to get some of these reinforcements on the horizon. Um, the team has been incredibly deep all season long. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I was kind of waiting all season thinking, okay, they're really deep. They're really good. Someone's going to get hurt inevitably. And who's going to step in? Like, what's it going to look like when someone steps in? Well, all season, whenever there was an injury, whenever somebody got called up to the LA Kings, whoever filled in immediately picked off where the previous player had left off. And, and, and the team pretty seamlessly continued to be very consistent throughout the season. Of course, there were some, there were some tough times these last couple of weeks, but now the team's back on track and they're about to get healthy again. So that's where you want to be going into the playoffs is you want to be healthy. You want to be rolling, which they are right now, of course, with four games left. Um, but getting those reinforcements back is something that I think uh, we're all going to look forward to, to having back in the lineup and a couple of uh, obviously big time players as well. And that's a testament to the front office staff, obviously the coaching staff for coming up and, and motivating the players, coming up with the plays, coaching the team. But, you know, Richard Seeley making sure that the roster is where it needs to be. It's a constantly evolving juggling thing making sure there's guys coming up from the echl knowing what you've got coming back from the nhl potentially so uh great shout out to him who uh recently guested on all the king's men if you want to hear a little bit more about his process uh spoke with jesse cohen on a recent episode of all the king's men but you know not only that but the la king's front office for a few moves they made i mean how big were those trades on trading deadline day yeah, Kings fans, they were looking for maybe something more. But for <laughs> Rain fans, I mean, Frederick Allard and Nelson Noje have really been a breath of fresh air to this group. And you add them in with Thomas Hickey, that's half of your defense that you didn't even have. Then you add in Kim Nosiayan, who's fit in well. He wasn't even, he's only played five games with Ontario and he's fit in nicely. So four out of your six defensemen weren't even on the roster prior to the trading deadline in the NHL. And they've all fit in extremely well. I mean, you can really use, especially Frederick Alarda would be the guy I would highlight is yeah. that trade for Brayden Burke. It, you know, it really solidified the defense. And we even talked to Christian Milanen after he scored his first goal of the season on Wednesday. And he said, man, playing with Freddie is so awesome. Like he was saying that he feels his game is a lot better because of the reliability and, and the way that Frederick Lard has played. Yeah, and, and that's the one that has stood out to me too. And I think the first couple of games, all those guys were there. Um, the guy that stood out to me was, was Thomas Hickey um, early on. And, and since then, Freddie Allard has also you know, raised his game and been, and been continuously a reliable player for this team. And it seems like after each game, or I, it's for you and me, I feel like it's going 
into each game, we look back at the last game and say, man, Freddie Allard's really good. Um, and, and I think what really stood out was the, the game in Stockton where they lost in a shootout and he scored um, the game in um, uh, the game at home against Stockton. And then these last couple against San Diego have been really good too. Um, and Nelson Noje um, in a similar impact wise in a similar way, but kind of style of play a little bit different. Nelson Noje had two massive assists this past weekend, both of which were him throwing the puck up ice, kind of threading the needle through players, getting the puck up ice to Tynan and Ferk to lead to a big time goal that kind of changed the course of two games this past weekend. Um, and he's been somebody who's had to kind of adjust to new systems as well. Uh, and I think uh, especially through these last three games, it's really worked out. Well, just a few games left in the regular season. You got the weekend coming up with Colorado and then one game final week of the regular season when the rain battle the Henderson silver Knights, we will be there in Henderson, the dollar loan center recently opened. It will be a new building. First time the rain will be there. They haven't been in Colorado in the Budweiser event center. Josh, any final thoughts here as we, wind down the the final stretch run before the playoffs well five straight games now four uh four straight games on the road to, to end the regular season so you know it's tough down the stretch but the rain have clinched home ice they've clinched second obviously they clinched a playoff spot in march um they've been so good but um this is your time to finish strong and you know the other day chris height had said you know we like playing on the road you've got to learn to play on the road um, and uh, to win in the playoffs, you have to learn how to win gritty games on the road. Um, and that's what they're going to get. Three games at the Budweiser Event Center in Colorado, which is typically a building that is pretty tough to play in. Um, it can get loud. And then uh, you go to the DLC out in Henderson, brand new building. Um, the Silver Knights are in the playoffs. They are, uh, I suppose, also a potential first round playoff matchup. Um, and it seems pretty likely it could be San Diego, but it could still happen one way or another with the Silver Knights as well. And uh, that's a brand new building. So the fans are going to be pumped up to be there as well. So four games in a row. And uh, I also got to think, you know, when you look at some of the road games that Ontario has played this year where they've played really well and they've been very energetic, they've been in those environments where it's loud and it's hostile, like up in Grand Rapids. They had that huge first win um, on, on the Friday game. Um, a couple of their wins in San Diego this season have been in front of some big crowds. So looking forward to something similar for these last four games. And then we've got the postseason. Postseason will begin the first week of May. And if the rain don't have a bye in the first round series, it would be a best of three series. So three games max, all three in Ontario. If the rain do not get that first place finish. It'll either be Ontario or Stockton in first. It'll be a best of three to open it up, then a best of five in both the Pacific Division semifinals and the Pacific Division finals. Both of those rounds, best of five this year. And then best of seven in both the Western Conference finals and, of course, the Calder Cup finals. We will be with you all the way through and hopefully still have one more episode to come before we move into officially the playoff season. But we thank you for tuning into the rain check. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Andre Lee. We appreciate his time as always, and we will talk to everyone soon. Thanks for listening.